Good morning, good morning, good morning. You can hear me. Welcome to Wishara Community Church. It is another beautiful day to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. My name is Jeff Diddle. Uh, sometimes I was called Jeffrey by my parents. Sometimes it was Jeffrey William, really in bad times, but uh, not too often. So I, I'm sure some of you can relate to middle name calls too. But uh, So I just wanted to share. I, I visited the Neville, the Neville House of Fine Fashion. Huh? I walked in the door, and Neville, and Neville just kind of looked at me, and he shook his head, and he goes, Jeff, Jeff, my brother, you know I love you, but you're going to need a lot of work, Jeff. But don't worry. I'll be there with you, Jeff. So just hang with me, brother. Thanks, Neville. Uh, and that kind of remi reminded me of um, uh, our Heavenly Father. Um, he, goes, he tells me, Jeff, I love you. You're going to need some work, maybe a lot of work, but don't worry, brother. I'll be there for you. So amen to the Father. Amen. Which that, that ties into our, our mission statement as to why we're here uh, and hopefully who we are, which is to, dis, dis, or, sorry, to give creative and meaningful worship to our Heavenly Father and to discover and develop disciples for our Lord Jesus Christ and to love our Father and our neighbors fervently. So that's, that's our hope and our wish, and that's who we are here. So if that's you, please join our family. We'd love to have you. A couple of announcements. Friday, April 7th, Good Friday service is at 6.30 p.m. Sunday, April 9th, Resurrection Sunday, sunrise service at 7 a.m. and breakfast at 7.45, seconds at 8.15. And then worship service starts at 9.30 a.m. I, I made up the seconds portion. So um, for those kids who haven't been attending our kids' church yet, uh, please, uh, we'd like to invite you to join today if, if that uh, is possible. The kids' church, they're preparing a song for Passion for Easter Sunday and that the kids will be singing. So we'd love to have you all be a part of that. So with that, um, please join me in prayer as we transition from our worlds to our family here in our praise and worship. So, Father, we come before you today, Lord. Uh, thank you so much for being our father, our brother, our friend. Thank you for just uh, loving us and uh, um, being patient and uh, being there for us, Lord. We, we all need a lot of work, but uh, all things are possible through you and with you, Father. We pray for this, uh, the message today, the worship, um, all those here. We pray that it's a time where we can just uh, leave, leave our worldly concerns behind and just uh, come and focus and give you the praise and worship and glory that you so richly deserve, Father. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that song is so fitting for the passage. Yeah, you can sit down. That song is so fitting for the passage of Scripture that we're going through because the passage of Scripture... Um, the passage of Scripture is dealing with false teachers, and it's a warning passage, as we've said before. There's a little bit of a ring up here somewhere. Hopefully it'll dissipate. You'll find it. Good. Um, I want to say thank you for uh, all your prayers. As we were on vacation last week, we got to see our daughter and son-in-law down in Texas and a couple of the grandkids. And that was wonderful to be able to be away and to, to see them for that. Thank you for your prayers. 
I thank you, Pastor Robert, for, um, uh, you know, lots of times you'll say filling in. He wasn't filling in. He wasn't filling in. We work as a team, and he was uh, took the passage of Scripture uh, just prior to this one and worked through it, and I'm very thankful. How many of you were here? I know it was like really bad weather last Sunday. How many were here last Sunday? Okay, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Okay, how many listened to Pastor Robert's sermon after the fact on online? Put your hands up. Keep your other hands up. They all, everybody keep them. All right, good. Because I that's really important as we go into this passage of Scripture this morning. As we continue on, um, I've titled this, The Warning Continues. And we're going to finish that last bit there, 17 through 22 of chapter 2. Um, we've looked at 2 Peter. It has three chapters, and we've described it this way in a general sense. Chapter 1 is the good. Chapter 2 is the bad or the warning. And then chapter 3, chapter 3 is the great. And as we go forward, we'll actually get to chapter 3, the Sunday after Resurrection Sunday. On a April 16th is when we'll be back there again. Encourage you next Sunday, we're going to talk about a couple of our core values that we have as a church that we need to be reminded of going into Resurrection Sunday and Holy Week and this time of the year that we celebrate that are there. But I do want to give a little bit of a review, and we go back to chapter 1. Pastor Al's been bringing in some books. He says, look over these books, anything that you want. And in there was this old hymnal. I'm going to use it this morning. Triumphal Service Songs. I'd never seen this one before. Um, and it's stamped on the inside. It says M.E. Sunday School. So I'm assuming it's Methodist Episcopal uh, Sunday School. And I'm going to use it this morning. On these first three points, Peter has told his readers, Peter has told his audience who are um, persecuted Christians, you need these three things in your hand. Three things in your hand, in your grasp. Three things. And I always look for these. I, I see a bunch of threes in this whole book. But these three things. First off, is we in your hand, we have a great salvation from God. Being persecuted, you need to remember that. You need to have that in your hand, close to you, that you have a great salvation from your God. That God planned it, that Jesus purchased it, and the Holy Spirit is what? Polishing it. He's polishing it. We have this great salvation from him. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. Now listen to these words. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her and for her life he died. Yeah. Hold in your hand, persecuted Christian, that we have a great salvation. Number two, that the second thing to hold in your hand, we are living out this salvation from God. We are living out this salvation from God. A theological term there is sanctification. We're being sanctified. We are being transformed into Christ's likeness. And while you're being persecuted, remember that you are to live out this salvation that has been given to us. 204. 204. 
maybe you know, standing on the promises of Christ, my King, through eternal ages, let his praises ring, glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God, then the chorus, standing, I'm standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, I'm standing, I'm standing on the promises of God, yeah, I'm standing on those promises that are there, the only person that was standing was me, but anyway, we always used to joke when we do that song about, man, you got to stand. Okay, the third thing to have in your pocket or into your hand is we have the more fully confirmed words of God. Now, Peter does this whole thing in chapter one about, I'm an eyewitness. I'm an eyewitness. I was on the mountain. I saw him transfigured. I, I heard him. I saw Moses and Elijah standing with Jesus. And, and, and every, I'm an eyewitness, but after he gets done saying, I was in his presence and this experience I had, then he says, but we have the more fully confirmed words of God, that the words of God supersede any experience that I might have, that I might have those words of God, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah, that's our song, right? And then you'd shout, Bible. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? That's what I love about songs. Lots of times songs will teach us theology. Songs will teach us things that, that reinforces those things that we see in the scriptures this morning. And hopefully just even like that last song that we sang, you will see some of that in this passage of scripture. So those are the three things to have in your hand. A great salvation from God, living out that salvation from God, and being and that we have in our hands the more fully confirmed words of God more fully confirmed words of God. Then we go into chapter two, which is the warning chapter. And he says, as you have these in your hand, now here's three things right off the bat, that there are false teachers among you. And those false teachers, uh, they they attack, there's an attack on God. The, the verse said, even denying the master, there's an attack on God. Well, if there's an attack on God, that's an arrogance, that's a rebellion against God. And I have these words up here because I want you to see them over and over and over again. That's what Peter's doing through this chapter. He's saying these words over and over and over again. He wants to get it cemented into their minds. Number two, false teachers do an attack on the gospel. The, the phrase there in that passage was they blaspheme the way of truth. They, they try to promote that there is some other truth. There's some other way to the Father. And, and, and in that passage there, he used sensuality, lust, that he would use your senses to, to show you or like, like there's something better. I got something better for you. And drawing in your senses to look at another way to God. The third one was that false teachers do an attack on the Bible. And what they do is they attack, they change God's words with false words. And that word for false, remember we learned, was false means mud and clay. They, they re replace God's words with the words that come from mud and clay. That's us, okay? And, and in there, there's, he uses the, the phrase that they are greedy, out of their greed. And greed can, can mean just general wickedness of people. 
Okay, then we get into the passage that Pastor Robert did. Now, I'm only touching on this because I want you to see the these three things keep coming up over and over again. So in verse 4, Pastor Robert told you about the angels that rebelled against God. There's that arrogance that was an attack on God. Then in verse 5, he spoke about the wicked world of, of Noah that Noah was in. And that wickedness, that greed. And, and we learned that Noah, Noah was a herald of righteousness. Herald of righteousness. So while he's putting this ark together, what is he doing? Herald means to proclaim. He's heralding about the right way. Come to God. Get on the boat. But what did the people do? They were so wicked. Now, we'll, we'll, I put something down here. Yeah, na 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 na. That's what they were saying to Noah. Na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what they were saying. Not quite. It's it's my version. Verse six. Verse six. See this again. Then we get this Sodom and Gomorrah. And what's brought up about Sodom and Gomorrah is the sensual conduct of Sodom and Gomorrah. There's that lust factor again. And that's attack on God's words, his Bible. You see, all three of those are mentioned again. And I, I stress there God's order. God has an order. I was very thankful Pastor Robert brought this out last Sunday. God has an order. In the beginning, he, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. That's God's order when it gets to this sensual conduct and lust. That's his order. And then that's God of the Old Testament in Genesis, but then we get to the New Testament, and in Jesus, what does he do? He says the exact same words from Genesis. Now, I want to give you, I want to piggyback off what Pastor Robert said, because there is something that we need to realize, is that sometimes we do this, don't we? We do this. And I hope to turn your finger back at yourself a little bit right here, okay? Sometimes we point fingers at others. I am so thankful that I have a, I had a friend. I have a friend. I should say, he's gone. No, I have a friend who the very first time he came up to me said, I struggle with what is described in Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, but I used to go to a different church, and I went to that different church for a while, but then I realized that they didn't believe what the Bible says. And I needed to be in a place where they believed what the Bible said. And then he said, will you help me? And I said, yeah. And so every, every other Monday, we would meet for coffee. And I, I, I come from a very sheltered background, very, very sheltered. And I, I, I learned a lot of things. And one of the main things I learned was that people that are caught up in Sodom and Gomorrah, there is a whole support system. There is a whole family. There is a webbing that is there that is tremendously strong. And if someone is going to step away from that life, I mean, it's awful hard. And especially if there's not another family to take them in. You see where now the finger's coming back at me, right? It's coming back at me. Because many times 
many times we maybe point fingers at others. We need to point fingers at ourselves and say, will we be that family? Will we be that support system? Will we, because they need it. If they make that turn, boy, I, I tell you, all the text messages and, and things, I, and what was great, the his verse, his verse was 2 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 9, or chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, I get it. He would say this over and over again. He would text this back and forth to me. This is something he would text to the other family that he was trying to pull from kind of thing. It says, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then here's a whole list. There's a whole list here. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then this is his verse. And that is what some of you, and then he circled, were. That's where you identified. He said, that's what I was. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. I, was, I tell you, I was so thankful to be able to walk alongside of that person who was dealing with this issue and give him a support family. Give him someone else he could call someone else he could go to that would help him keep on the path that he knew he had been washed by God. I encourage us is we need to be that kind of family. People are coming out of all kinds of things when they come to Christ. And sometimes what, what they come out of is, is it, it's trying to pull them back in. And I was thinking, yeah, we could, Scott and I could do a tug of war here, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's just trying to pull him back in. And man, I tell you, we got to pull all the more. All the more as a church. Thank you for letting me pull you around. Um, I, I felt that that was important to say after what Pastor Robert said about this issue. Because we need to stand upon the words of God. They're the more fully confirmed words of God. But as we stand on the words of God, the words of God also say that we, we are hospital, we are a family, we are ones that take people in and help them grow in their faith in the words of God, the very words of God. Okay, so uh, chapter 2 continuing, just again to see these, these three things again, it says they blaspheme. Verse 10 and 3, these were the marks of the false teacher. They blaspheme. That, that, there's that arrogance again. There's that attack on God. Verse 14, it says, the eyes full of adultery. There's that sensuality again, lust again. That's attack on God's word and his order. And then verse 15, he says, forsaking the right way. And it was the illustration of Balaam and that Balaam loved gain. There's that greed element again, that wickedness, that, that, that a different way of going than the right way. That's an attack on the gospel. So here's our red flags. Somebody hid this. I had to find it. Yeah, they hid this. 
my flag. Red flags. If anyone, if anyone is giving an attack on God, if anyone, any teacher is making God less than he is, making Jesus less than he is, that's a red flag. If anyone that you're listening to is doing an attack on the gospel, if they're trying to promote any other way to God than Jesus Christ, red flag, red flag. If anyone does an attack on God's word, if anyone tries to say there's another book, or there's different rules, or the rules have changed, or, you know, we're, we're, we're in the modern times now, Adam. Come on. It's a red flag. Now we add these three to it. If you see a display of arrogance, if you see a display of arrogance where a teacher is saying, well, I say, if you hear that, that's a red flag, people. Because we do not promote what we I say. We promote what God says. If there's a display of lust, see my shiny, that's a red flag. I was debating on saying this, but I think I will. Did you ever notice on all those shows on television what those TV sets look like? And it's just luxurious to the end kind of thing. Display of lust. See my shiny thing. If you ever hear someone giving a display of greed, I'm worth it. So send me red flag. Red flag. If you're saying, man, Pastor Adam, I don't know if I've ever heard somebody this because I think that's what Peter's doing with his people. He's saying, man, there's false teachers among you. And, and as I said before, I, I feel for you. 30 or 40 years ago, maybe even less than that, 30 or 40 years ago, the only place that, the main place that you got your teaching from was from the local church and from your local pastor. And that was the main feed that came into your life. And as Pastor Robert said last week, you pull out your phone and you got a million teachers. You, if you got a billion sermons, you've got all kinds of stuff being thrown at you from every side. I tell you, you need a red flag. You need to know and be able to be able to discern, hey, is this truly from God? So chapter two, and this was the great part of this part, was he preserved Noah with seven others. In the midst of this warning, he tells about a rescuing God. There's a rescuing God. He preserved Noah with seven others. Verse 7, he rescued righteous Lot. It's hard to say righteous Lot together once you know the whole story kind of thing, but he rescued righteous Lot. So we have a rescuing God and also a judging God. They're one and the same. We have a rescuing God and a judging God. If you just go back to verse 9, 9 and 10, you'll see this kind of Put right together. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. There's the rescuing God. But then it says, and, meaning this is combined together, and to keep the unrighteous under the punishment until the day of judgment. We have a rescuing God who is also a judging God. Also a judging God. And then you'll see the three again there. Unrighteousness that Overall wickedness, that greed, the lust of defiling passion in verse 10, 
where it's talking again about sensuality and lust. And then the last part of it, despise authority. There it is again, rebellion, arrogance against God, against God. So now let's go to verse 17. Now, that was all warm up. Verse 17, these, meaning the false teachers, are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them, the doom, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. What Peter does in this last session here, he gives you two word pictures, and then he'll end with two word pictures. The, these two word pictures are, the false teachers are like waterless springs. You're in the desert, you see kind of an oasis ahead, and you think, oh, there's going to be water there. But you get there, and there's no water. Or you're looking to the sky because you're a farmer and you need some need some moisture on the ground kind of thing. And there's a dark cloud that's coming. It looks like a good rain cloud that's coming. But all you get is mist. So that's what false teachers are like. It made me think of uh, 2 Timothy. You might know this one, 2 Timothy, uh, chapter 3, and specifically uh, verse 5. Having the form of godliness but denying its power. Has the form of a spring, but there's no water coming from it. Has the form of a rain cloud, but there's no rain coming from it, but denying its power. Then Paul tells Timothy, have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. The last part of that verse 17, for them the gloom and utter darkness has been reserved. He's tying that back to verse, verse 3 in the chapter when the second part of verse three says their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. There is destruction that's coming to any false teacher that is out there. Verse 18, look for the big three here. For they speak loud boasts of folly. There's the arrogance again. The next phrase, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh. There's the second one, the lust. Then it says, this is the scary part of it. Let me read it again. For speaking loud voices, boasts of folly, they, the false teachers, enticed by sensual passions of the flesh, those, uh-oh, those, who are those? Those are the ones that are starting now to follow the false teachers. He's pulling them in. Those who barely escaped from those, the false teachers, who live in air. There's the third one, live in air. They live in air. They live in wickedness. He just keeps saying this over and over again, these marks of a false teacher. You see arrogance, you see lust, and you see wickedness. Then verse 19, uh, they, the false teachers, promise them, the ones that they're trying to pull in, freedom, but they themselves, the false teachers themselves, are slaves of corruption. Slaves of corruption. They, they're promising freedom, but actually what you're getting is slavery. Now, the next phrase is probably the most important phrase of the whole passage of Scripture. It's one of those phrases that kind of stands on its own. Like, you can say, you reap what you sow. And you can say that in different situations, right? And you've and someone's in it, it, well, it sounds like you reap, you're reaping what you've sown, you know, kind of thing. Well, that's what this next phrase is like, where it says, for whatever overcomes a person, so whatever overcomes a person. Now, if you stop right there, it could be a positive or a negative, okay? Could be a positive or a negative. Let's take the positive side. 
if you are overcome by God, if you are overcome by Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, if you are overcome by that, that's a good thing. And the next phrase says, if you're overcome by that, so to that he is enslaved. I'm enslaved to God. I'm enslaved to the Lord Jesus Christ. But you can take this negatively too. For whoever overcomes a person following a false teacher, to that, whatever the false teacher is saying, you now are enslaved to. So it can be either way that's there. Verse 20, for if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they again are entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. So he's saying they've gotten the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but after they've received the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, now they're back entangled in them and overcome. Now they're worse than it's worse than before for them. Verse 21, for it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. Tough passage. First off, where did they get the knowledge of the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ? Where did they get that knowledge from? Well, if you go back to verse 1, these false teachers are among us. They get it from the church. That's where it comes from. It's from the church. When it says in this passage, um, it made me think of the parable of the soils. And when you go to the parable of the soils in Luke, um, Jesus explains this parable. He says that the seed is the word of God, which is being thrown, scattered. The seed is the word of God. Where does it fall? Well, some falls on the hard soil. And what happens to it? It's taken away. It's taken away. By who? Satan. There's rebellion again. I'm going to show you these three again. There's rebellion there. Rebellion against God. Some seed falls on the shallow soil or the rocky soil. It bursts up. But then it falls away. Why does it fall away? Because trials and temptations come. They, they, they start to take their eyes off of, 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 of God, and they put it on to something else, a desire of some way else of getting out of this, lust and temptation. Some falls on the thorny soil, and when it pops up, it bears away. What I mean by bear away, it doesn't bear fruit. It starts to look over, and it wilts because it looks at the greed of life. It looks at the greed of life and everything that is around and the anxiousness of, of life and everything that's there. Attack on God's word. But some falls on good soil. And that preserves away. It's preserved. It bears fruit. It holds fast. So you can see three of them are very different than the fourth one. Not all these things are the same, right? Sesame Street. Um, it would have been better for them so he's saying to the false teachers, you got this knowledge of God. Actually, you've gone and been working the system inside the church. But you are entangled in, in, in still in sin and falsehood. It would have been better if you would have never. I thought about this two different ways. They're starting to lead others astray by false teaching. And that's what false teachers, that's their whole goal. They want to lead you astray. They want you to lead, follow after them. But every false teacher will what? Fall. Every false teacher will fall. 
it would have been better because there's so many people that have followed after false teachers that after the false teacher has fallen, well, I tell you, it's a long way back to the truth. It's a long way back to church. It's a long way back to saying, okay, <laughs> I got taken, or it's been painted a certain way to really come back again. It would have been so much better if that was not happening. But the second one is, is there's greater judgment. There's greater judgment for teachers. There's greater judgment for us to teach the word of God as it is. And there's greater judgment for those who, who, who teach falsely. And I think a good example of this, I, I was in Pastor Robert's class on Wednesday night, Luke, and we were in Luke chapter 12. And um, there's a passage there, verses uh, 27, 47 and 48, where it says, that servant who knows his master's will, so he has the knowledge, and does not get ready and does not do what his master wants, will be beaten with many blows. Many blows. So he knows, but he's not doing it. Rebellion. Many blows. Verse 48, but the one who does not know and, and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. Okay, so there's a difference there. Many blows, few blows. This is the one that does not, that does not know. If you look at verse 47 as the false teacher who does know and is in rebellion of God, and then you look at the other one and say, these are the ones who are following after them, and they don't know, few blows. Because all of us deserve, deserve blows. All of us are deserving of blows. Every single one of us. But there are some of us who will not receive those blows. Why? Because you're saved. Because you have bowed your knee to Jesus Christ. Because you, you, you have responded uh, to the faith that he has given to you with repentance and belief. And therefore, you do not receive blows. Rather, you receive eternal life. Eternal life. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. It, it, and Peter is just, it would have been better. It would have been better. So what do these people look like? I think Luke chapter 9, um, verse 23 through 26, um, is a great picture of the other side of this. We've been looking at false teachers. False teachers. What do they look like? What do they look like? What do they look like? What's some of their characteristics? Listen to the difference. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he, Jesus, said to them all, um, If anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Boy, that doesn't sound like the false teachers that we've been describing, does it? Must deny himself, take up his cross daily. There's a, there's a sacrifice that's made. That doesn't sound like the false teachers we've been talking about. And follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it if a man to gain the whole world? Sounds like greed, doesn't it? Gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self. If anyone is ashamed of me, sounds like rebellion against God, and my words, that sounds like an attack on the Bible, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father 
and of the holy angels. There's probably a question in the passage of scripture. Um, did these people lose their salvation? They, they had a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they turned back, and they went back to what they were for. He's talking about false teachers here. He's talking about ones that have never been saved. No. But those who are truly saved show signs of being truly saved. That's why he's trying to help his readers. His readers, because we can't see into the heart, so we, we don't know that. But we the only thing that we can discern by is that those that are truly saved are showing the signs of being truly saved. So he's saying to his readers, look for the signs of someone who is truly saved and follow after them. I put up there uh, John 10, 27 through 29. Read that. Shepherd, he knows, he knows his sheep. His sheep follow him. No one can snatch him out of his hand. You are truly saved. Verse 22, he ends with this. Remember these two, two more word pictures. What the true proverb says has happened to them, the false teacher. The dog returns to its own vomit. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah, so the dog has gotten rid of something that it needed to get rid of. But then the dog goes right back to it again. And that's taken from Proverbs 26, 11. And the second half of the verse is, it says, a fool returns to his folly. So we're not talking about somebody who's saved here. Because someone who is saved is not called, someone who is a follower of God is not called a fool. The second one, a sow, a sow um, after washing herself, returns to the mallow in the, in the mire. So you get the cl pig all cleaned up. Looks really good. We could take this inside. <laughs> And you let it outside, and where does it go? Right back to the mud. That's what he's saying about false teachers. Here's a last-ditch effort to tell you, look at where they go back to. Now, this isn't on your sheet, but I'll end with this. Worship team, come on up. I know I'm really on time here. But this is kind of a, a, a bringing it all together, chapter 1 and chapter 2. We do not make God less than he is. A, a true teacher of God's word does not make God less than he is because we have such great salvation from God. Chapter one. Therefore, we are not to be arrogant, but to be humble. You're looking for a spiritual leader who is humble, and that is what rises up in their life. Second one, we do not present another way to God. That's attack on the gospel. Because we're living out our salvation from God, we're actually living it out. Therefore, we are, we are not to give in to sensuality. But you're looking for someone who has a single focus on God. Their single focus, that's why that song was so good, Yet Not I, But Christ in Me. Um, there's a single focus on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if, the, if you detect in any way that there's a deviance from that, uh, red flag. Third one, we do not put our words above his. That's an attack on the Bible. Because we have the more fully confirmed words of God. Therefore, we are not to be overcome by greed, the wickedness of this world, but actually giving others God's words. That's who you're going for. Now, uh, two things, two caveats. Number one is that I have... Um, 
I have listened to a lot of preachers over the 36, 37 years of my life, and there are some of them that I have had to turn it off. I've had to turn it off. I've had to distance myself from their teaching because over time, I've seen them make it more about themselves than God. I have seen them play down that there might be another way to God. I have seen them twist the words of Scripture and, and make them less than they are the authoritative word of God. And I've had to do that. So just to let you know, your spiritual leader has had to do that at times. So I'm saying that to you again. If, as you now have the word of God in front of you and you have some of the warning signs in front of you in tools in your hands, that if you're listening to someone and they show a red flag, then you need to step away. You need to step away from that teaching. Now, here's the second thing that needs to be said. We live in a world of sound bites. We live in a world of sound bites. You know what that is? Where they just take a little bit from here and a little bit from here and a little bit from here, and then they throw it all together and they put some music in the background and they make it really fat, snazzy, and everything. And and it's just because boom, 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 and then you you just turn on a dime, boom, like that. I really encourage you go back to the source. I encourage you to go back to the whole sermon. I encourage you to go back to the whole article. Now this is going to take you a bit to do this. But don't base your opinion off of a sound bite. No. And, and, and when you go back to the whole sermon, and when you go back to the whole article, it still might take you that way. Your discernment over it might be, yes, I need to step back. I need to step back from this teaching that is coming. Because I see things, I see red flags here that Peter has been telling us about of what false teachers look like. And I want to make sure that I'm following teachers that are denying themselves, taking up the cross daily, and following directly in his footsteps. That's who I want to follow. So would you stand with us? Parents, just you already know this, don't you? If you, if you need to leave at, during this time when we sing this final song to get your kids, feel free to do that. You know, just move about, get that. But uh, let's sing this last song to the Lord, and, and we'll close. Everybody has something to take home today, don't they? Uh, and what we take home, I think a lot depends on who we are, what our life experiences are, uh, where we've been. Uh, we all interpret uh, uh, not Scripture differently, but we all have different things to take home from, from uh, the grand sermon that Adam just gave. Um, I, I, I grew up and spent my whole life with animals, so uh, verse 22 really stood out to me. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a dog return to his vomit, but he was created as a dog. And all through my 4-H years, I used to wash up pigs, get them all ready for the show ring, but you really had to take care of them after you washed them, because if they found a mud hole, they'd go back to it. They were created as pigs. I have returned to my vomit. I have rolled in the mud. But 
I have been reborn. I'm not a dog. I'm not a pig. I'm a reborn, sinful human being. So it might not be a good image to take home with you today. But the grand part of it is, is we can all picture ourselves as who we used to be enslaved to, or what we used to be enslaved to. We are no longer enslaved to that. We are a new creation in Jesus Christ.